Welcome to the Christian Yelich episode of the Basic Boys Podcast. Today is June 27th, Monday, June 27th, uh, episode 22 for those of you that didn't understand that reference. We got a very special guest with us today, uh, Drew Schrader. Drewby, how have you been, my friend? Doing well, man. Appreciate you guys letting me fill in for Chase. I uh, hope the vacation goes well for him. Um, yeah, happy to be here. Let's uh, let's get after it. Yeah, Chase is on vacation all the way in Wapaka, Wisconsin. Have either of you been in Wapaka? Never been in Wapaka, but I gotta correct you on the date is the Monday, the 29th, not the 27th. Oh fuck, dude! I always get that wrong. <laughs> my Today is the twenty seventh. I'm recording this on Saturday, but thanks for that, uh, Drewy. Have you been uh, in Wapaka? Aren't they like the Hornets? Or uh, yeah, man. So my, I have some cousins. Shout out to the fam over on the east side of the state. They live in uh, uh, Darboy, Wisconsin. They go to Kimberly, though. They went to Kimberly, I should say. But yeah, we go through Wapaka and we head over there. Oh, gotcha. I was gonna say, is Wapaka yeah. on the east side of the state? Yeah, it's kind of in a, it's kind of in like a dead zone in Wisconsin a little bit, but shout out Wapaka. Yeah, so hopefully Chase is having a good time. Um, he's still technically on the clock for us though because he's gonna be editing this episode. So uh, hopefully he likes this little shout out. But uh, Drew, you were since you've been on last time, which was probably about two or three weeks ago, uh, to talk about the match. Uh, there has been some Drew Schrader slander on here. We have gone after you about your counting. We have gone after you about your fishing skills, how you hold the fish and stuff. Uh, what do you have to say back to us for that, I guess? This is your time to shine. Dude, I got I got nothing, man. I'm a fucking bitch when it comes to fishing. I just <laughs> I, I, I love fishing and being out there for the social aspect. I always call it the social aspect, but I'm a bitch when it comes to holding the fish because I get scared of the spine. And, like, it, it's, it's kind of hard when you see, like, Chunk and, like, Connor and – whoever else has been fishing with Austin's Mullig shout out. Um, you know, they just, it's just so easy for them. And I just get a little freaked out. It's kind of an adrenaline pump. So I kind of get a little freaked out, but uh, I'm determined to get there. I just think that I need to learn how to fish when we're not fishing. If that makes sense to put together a pole. Sure, so we, we, we gotta get you like a fake fish or something that squirms and then, yeah, just you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Like I, I need to like I need to learn how to like put together like a like a like a tie a tie a line on and shit like that when we're not like out fishing. So I don't feel like a liability. Yeah, true. Um I just do yeah. this I don't want to technique. That's the worst thing. I don't want to feel like I'm taking away from your guys' experience by me not being able to put a, a freaking line on. So Yeah. But uh we I kind of just tie it like a shoelace. I think Chunk does the same, but probably does this whole crazy ticky tacky thing with his knot and his right through it. But I just do one loop, one loop, one loop, keep doing loops, but pretty easy for me. But, um, anyways, we'll continue here with the sports talk. Uh, great to see you guys again. First, most recent thing that's came out is the NBA schedule for the seeding seeding games. Um, Thursday, July 30th, the games are going to start. We've got Utah Jazz versus New Orleans Pelicans, and then the night game on TNT will be the Los Angeles Clippers against the Los Angeles Lakers. And then the Friday, July 31st, is a whole bunch of games, which is Chunk's birthday. Big Friday for Chunk because he gets to watch his Bucks take on the Celtics on ESPN at 5.30, and he gets to celebrate a birthday. So, Chunk, what will that be like? Happy Jordan year to me. Fucking 
Nothing like kicking off against the Celtics. Pretty excited for that. Um, hopefully watch the Bucks win. Uh, excited to see the NBA back. Just a little nervous for the atmosphere. Hopefully it's something we can all enjoy to watch. Yeah, but back to the NBA schedule as a whole. As I'm looking through these lists of opponents for teams, uh, there's two things that I've noticed. Uh, they are trying so hard to get Zion Williamson into the playoffs here. This New Orleans Pelicans schedule. Um, these eight games include the Clippers. Grizzlies, Magic, Kings twice, Spurs, Jazz, Wizards. That is rough. And the Memphis Grizzlies, who holds on to that last spot, they have them going against the Celtics, Bucks, Pelicans, Thunder, Blazers, uh, Spurs, Raptors, and then the Jazz. So from for me, it seems like Zion Williamson, they're just trying to gift him into the playoffs. And there's been a lot of reports. I know Spencer did what he said something. Uh, Drewby, what was your takeaway from uh, the seeding games being announced? Uh, I mean, like a lot, like what you said, you know, I think they're really, they're trying hard to get Zion into the playoffs. And I mean, that's deservedly so. I mean, the guy, you know, he, I don't know when he started playing. I forget the month, but uh, he's averaging like 24 and like six or something like that. Obviously he's electric as fuck and it's fun to watch him play. Um, personally, I'm rooting for, you know, the, the Grizzlies to get in there because I mean, I love Zion, but, Get a little soft spot for those diehard Buck fans that listen to this podcast. Taylor Jenkins, former top assistant from the Bucks last year, head coach of the Grizzlies. Um, love what he's done down there with uh, John Morant and those guys. So hoping they get in. But then also, you know, I thought with the Bucks, you know, I think seven of the eight games we play are against teams that are currently in the playoffs. That's without the Washington Wizards that we play on August 11th, I think it is. Um I think we'll be fine. We'd have to lose, you know, we, we can't lose the one seed, which really doesn't matter. So yeah, I'll be excited for it. I'm ready. I just hope that, you know, this COVID stuff, you know, hangs on and you know, we don't. You hope it hangs on? You hope it hangs on? The NBA season. The NBA season I, hope that it, I hope that they hang on with the COVID and everything, you know? So yeah, because that would really suck. I mean, that would really suck. That's all I got. Yeah, Drewby, or not Drewby, uh, Trunk, what's uh, your take on the whole schedule, the seeing the games and how they're laid out? Yeah, fuck you, Drew, for wishing COVID would continue. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I believe it was like episode 12 or 13 where I said I believe the Pelicans will have an easy schedule for them to get in. Um, look what happened. Chunk's right again. Um, but I, I like to see I, – I like it, though. It's going to be interesting. Um, I think what's going to happen is the Pelicans and Grizzlies are going to play off for that eight seed in the West, which is really what the NBA wants right now because everything's pretty much finalized other than those two spots in the West, unless the Blazers fuck things up. So I'm okay with the schedule, although I think Zion's a little overhyped. But if if it plays out to where the, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans are playing off the 8-9 spot, I think it'll be interesting. I think it's good for the NBA. Just yeah. a quick question: Do they they play each other? Don't they? They play each other in the eight game in what in that eight game stretch? I think. Yep, the I third believe game. they won. Third game they do. Okay. Yes. Um. But I understand what they're trying to do. It's trying to market a new up and coming player, get more viewers, helps out the business, especially since they lost a lot of their um, profits from everything that's gone on. But they could have at least tried to throw someone tougher in that uh, um, Pelican schedule there. I mean, toughest team is Clippers right away. I'll give them that. But then the rest of them, there's no juggernauts. The Jazz, maybe. Uh, 
yeah, it's just it's just it's kind of embarrassing to see them obviously try to alter something. I mean, I'd be kind of pissed off if I was a Grizzlies player, but also you got to play these games and you still got to win these games. Um, it shouldn't be a cakewalk into the playoffs, but uh, I kind of have. Uh, we also had some breaking news. Struby and I were talking about this before that players are allowed to have social justice name plates on the back of their jerseys instead of their last names. They can choose to if they want to. So Drew, Drew had this question. He said, will players that choose not to have the social justice patch kind of look like assholes on the back? Um, Chunk, I'll kind of start with you. Do you think they'll look like assholes, or do you think it'll just kind of be like they're obviously still there in solidarity, but they still want to keep their name on the back of the jersey because they worked hard for it? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if they'll look like assholes. Um, I think if they do decide to put their last name on their jersey, I think before the game, after the game, during the game, they'll do something to show the fact that they're with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, but ultimately, I think every player in the NBA is going to do something to show that they're in support of everything that's going on. So I don't think we're going to get to that issue. Yeah. Drew, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with Chunk. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's such a, it's such a tough time with all that. And um, obviously, you know, we we support all of it. Um, But I know they're not going to look like assholes. I, I, you know, if they're going to show, that they support the movement no matter what in one fashion or another. And um, if they really feel like, you know, if they, if they obviously feel very strongly, which a lot of them do, you know, they're probably going to put it on their Jersey and I have absolutely no problem with that. I think it's a really cool thing to kind of get out there and something really cool to do. Yeah. I think um, this is all going to be in solidarity. They're either the whole team, it's going to be a team decision. They choose to all do it or they choose not to. Obviously, they don't want individuals doing it and stuff. Um, It's probably just going to be kind of a tougher discussion to have. We've seen the Premier League put Black Lives Matter on their jerseys, so they kind of made that decision for them so that there probably won't be any rifts. Um, Who knows how things could happen in the locker room, though. If someone really wants it on there, but then another couple others say, no, we should do it in a different way, how is that going to rub off onto that person? Um, there's a whole bunch of different questions like that. But I had one last debate question kind of before we get into Milwaukee Bucks talk. We kind of touched on the Bucks already. But uh, this is just a little bit of a debate question that I'd like to spur up. I saw this earlier today. It was on Bleacher Report or something. But while healthy right now, um, if, if both healthy, who would you rather have on your team, Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant? Chunk, I'll start with you. I, you know, as much shit as I talk about this guy taking Kevin Durant every time, he's going to be there every night. He's going to, he's going to guarantee you 28 points. He can block shots. He can defend. Yes, Kawhi is a great defender as well, but I think I trust Durant with the ball offensively and I trust him leading my team. He's more of an outspoken person. So I just, I trust Durant. The age could be a factor, but I'm still taking Kevin. Uh, Drewby, I know. I think I know where you're gonna go on this one. Uh, he he used to he used to be my favorite player in the league until he kind of you know changed his whole personality in Golden State. That kind of went out. But I'll take Kevin Durant as well. Um, he's just he he easy money sniper. You can call him also. But he's just he's so smooth and he, he's a proven like he's a proven clutch time performer, um, an evolving defender. Arguably, he could have been defensive player of the year. I think it was 
two years ago. And obviously, you know, with his Achilles, you know, it's different. And, I mean, I watched Kawhi play last year with my – I went to a game with my dad, and he controlled the tempo of that game, and it was insane to watch him play. But uh, the talent of Kevin Durant is something that we've – I mean, it hasn't been seen since probably George Gervin in the 60s, for those who care about the, the ABA, you know. So, yeah, I'll take Kevin. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more debate on this. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd take Kevin as well, but I think it would be closer for me than Eric so you take him every time. Kawhi is still one of the most efficient players ever in the league, um, offensively and defensively, and he's fun to watch. But uh, Kevin Durant is probably one of the best scorers of our generation. But, Chuck? My thing with Kawhi is, um, yes, he's a great player. He's top ten in the league right now. But he's – in all of his title runs and even his MVP caliber seasons, he's been lucky. You know, with the Spurs, he caught a Heat team that was still trying to get chemistry together. And then with the Raptors last year, Clay doesn't get hurt. Who knows what happens there? So I think he's been a little lucky in his success in the NBA. He's still a great player. But had those events not happened, say the Heat were together a year or two more, they're not winning that year. And say uh, Clay doesn't get hurt last year, I think they win it again. True. Also, with uh, I want to just touch on Kevin Durant because obviously, you know, when I say he's a clutch time performer, like, yeah, he made some huge shots, but he did also play for Golden State. And we all understand that was a bitch move. And, you know, he beat, you know, LeBron James against fucking, what was it, George Hill, Rodney Hood, and J.R. Smith, who didn't know what the fuck was going on in the last two seconds of the game. God, I remember watching that in the hotel room thinking, what the hell are you thinking? But, um, no, I, I totally agree. Kawhi, got, he got really lucky, and that Heat team was – wasn't that the year where uh, uh, the AC went out in the AT&T Center and, like, the Heat players were cramping? Yeah. I think it was deep. You go. Which, how are you fucking cramping if you're a professional? Hydrate yourself before the game. It doesn't matter how fucking hot it is there. It's well, still it, 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 the Heat players are cramping. Like, what? That's another reason Kawhi getting lucky, though. And the thing is, Kawhi, I, I think I, – I forget where I even looked at. His stats in that series, like, I don't think they were spectacular. You know, I would have loved to have seen that that finals MVP go to Tim Duncan, but, you know. Reminds me a lot of a uh, and Andre Iguodala finals MVP. Yes. Or shit. <laughs> Holding LeBron yeah. to damn near a triple-double and he gets the finals MVP. Yes. But – um. Eric, when you say the Heat team was trying to get their chemistry, that wasn't their first year together. Was it their second year? Yeah, their it first was their fourth year. Their last year. It was the last year. Oh, my God. Caught me off. Caught <laughs> me off. First oh, year. First year was, was that Mavericks. That Mavericks one. Yeah, I was thinking of Dallas. Shout yeah, they were cramping up. They were cramping like bitches, though, out there. I mean, they, they, the AC went out, and they were making a big deal about it. Yeah. Yeah, I so. do. But, I have um, no credit anymore. <laughs> there it goes all out the window. But Wouldn't say that. All right. Back or to to our Milwaukee Bucks talk for the our diehard Bucks fans out there. Um, I'm gonna go through their schedule. We're just kind of discuss it. Uh they start off with Celtics on Eric's birthday, like we said, July thirty first. Then they take on the Nets, then Mavericks, Rockets, Grizzlies, Heat, Raptors, Wizards. Um all pretty winnable games. Their Raptors obviously would be tough. Rockets would be tough. We got six and a half point game lead on the Raptors. So for us to lose that first spot would be pretty tough. But um, 
Drewby, what do you think out of those teams I mentioned? What do you think the Bucks' record kind of ends up being after these eight games? Uh, given, albeit things could happen, we could lock up that number one seed right away and start playing. Maybe not our full potential, but I'll let you kind of discuss that. I think if I think if we're if we're pre-COVID, we're six and two in that, seven and one. It's just we've never seen anything like this, so it's just all dependent on how. You know, I mean, we have great team chemistry, but it just all depends on how we come out of the, you know, the pandemic and, you know, who who might. I mean, it's a realistic possibility. We all understand that one of our players could have COVID and they, they're out for two weeks. So, no, I fully expect us to go six and two, I'd say. Six and two would be fine with me. Um, maybe lose to Houston or something like that. You know, give James Harden his, his 42 in the regular season and let him score 13 on one of 13 from three in the postseason. Give them that satisfaction, um, but I think when I first looked at the schedule, I was like, "God damn it, that uh, it's a lot of playoff teams in there." And I was like, "Are they trying to fuck us or what's going on here?" But I like you said, Cam. Though it's it'd be really tough for us to lose the one seed, whatever that means during this pandemic. I don't know what they're going to do, but whatever that I means. Think, I think it's a good thing that we have this many playoff teams. Um, kind of helps prepare us better than if we had a lot of fringe teams. Which don't get me wrong, these fringe teams are probably playing harder than these playoff teams that have locked up a spot and just kind of want to get their feel out there and then get into the playoffs and then go extra hard then. But, uh, Chunk, what was your take on this whole schedule? Yeah, I think if it was like – if there was no COVID, no pause in the season, I think down the stretch we'd go maybe two and six because I think we'd rest a lot of guys. But now I th- I honestly think it's going to be seven and one or eight and no. Because I really do think we're going to try to get playoff ready because every team we play is going to be fighting for a spot, fighting for a seed, so they're going to be battle-tested. Um, the the game I would like to see us lose is to Memphis. I would like to get Memphis in the playoffs because fuck Zion. But, yeah, I think 7-1, 8-0 because we're going to try to get battle-tested and try to get ready. Um, and all we got to do is win two games, and we clinch that one seed. So – Win the first two. If you want to rest people, you rest people. Yeah. Drew, you had something to say there? Yeah, I think that the the fact the whole fuck Zion thing from Chunk stems from his uh, Tar Heel bias. But also, um, <laughs> this this whole pandemic was huge, though, because, I mean, I it's been so long since we played the Lakers where I remember watching that game and Giannis could have literally shattered his knee in half on that fall. And then he sat out. And, I, you know, it, this, this changes everything. It's almost a blessing in disguise. He gets three months to heal his knee, which he already has a genetically bad knee, I think. I think he has, like, developing, like, arthritis in his right knee, I think it is, maybe. Um, obviously, he'll play through it because, you know, Giannis is Giannis. Like our, he's like our Iron Man. But at the same time, you know, this, is, this has been great. And I, I'm so happy the season is restarting because I, you know, shout out to, you know, Cam here. You know, diehard Kansas fan. I didn't want our last memory of the season to be Frank Mason leading <laughs> leading the Bucks to a, a 15-point loss against the Nuggets. And he balled out that night, though. Hey, G League, G League MVP, baby. Yes. G League MVP, baby. Let's go. Yes. But uh, on another gear, today or Saturday, June 25th, was the seventh year anniversary of when we drafted Giannis. Um, I remember we drafted him. I was sitting on our couch up or on our chair upstairs, and I was like, "Shit, I don't know who that is, but 
hopefully it pans out because we had one of those mid first round picks. You can't really be mad at a pick. Can't don't really know what's going to happen in those mid round picks. It's always a shot in the dark, especially in the NBA draft. But I just kind of want you guys to go like what he has meant to the city of Milwaukee. And as diehard Bucks fans, um, I'll kind of start. For me, I grew up Ray Allen. Uh, we were solid, very good. 2001, 2002, I briefly remember going downstairs to watch games with my dad. Um, Glenn Robinson, Big Dog, Sam Cassell, all those guys. Tim Thomas. And then I, after that, we kind of lost our touch. Then we went through the Michael Red years. Uh, we would have like a – we, we would be just so happy to get into the playoffs and we'd always get our ass kicked first round. Then we had the Monte Ellis and Brand Jennings year where we'd always lose first round if we got in. And then we had Giannis, uh, when he came to town, obviously he wasn't the stud he was. And I just remember him form tackling Mike Dunleavy into like the fourth row like in, in that last playoff game when we were down by like 70 points. I was at Alex Kluwer's house. So I remember that. We uh, saw – his kind of rise to stardom and we all knew like what we saw and um that he, we we're like if this kid fills out he's gonna be just one of the best players of all time and kind of what we've seen in front of our eyes it's been amazing and as a lifelong bucks fans it does kind of make you love the process of going through those tough years and watching these teams and of course like i've always like liked lebron so i'd like to see lebron do well when i was younger but I always rooted for the Bucks first, and it was just kind of hard. And you see so many of your friends and stuff be like Lakers fans or Thunder fans or Heat fans or um, whoever, uh, Warriors. And then it's nice to see uh, you know, that you stuck with the team this long because as Wisconsin sports fans, we have been kind of pampered. We've had the Packers. They've been amazing for all we've been along live. Um, the Brewers haven't necessarily been the best, but we still had 2008, 2011, where they made deep playoff runs and then this past year. And it's not as paid attention to. Wisconsin college sports has always been uh, pretty solid for us. They've always kind of been towards the top, but not quite there. But we know what we get, that they're going to be a successful program. So that's kind of what it's meant to me. I'm rambling here. Uh, Chunk, what does it mean to see – uh, Giannis, come in and propel your beloved Milwaukee Bucks team to um, hopefully a championship. Yeah, I, you know, I'm praying for that championship this year, although I'd like to win it in front of our home state. Uh, but Giannis, you know, coming in, I was – I can't say I've been a Bucks fan as long as you guys. I got into it late in the Michael Red years, and then we drafted Giannis, and I was like, eh, okay. But he's really gotten me into the Bucks. But – I think I, I blame how I grew up. My parents are not big basketball fans. My dad, you know, he's not really a basketball guy. But since I met Drew and you and all these people that got me into the Bucks, now I'm a diehard Bucks fan. And so I, I thank Giannis for everything he's done. I think he's the most dedicated athlete um, to a city I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, but to, to your point, I don't think we have been pampered as Wisconsin fans because – the Brewers have been good four years in my whole lifetime. We had four good seasons. Uh, the Packers Over half of our teams, Wisconsin sports, or Wisconsin college, Packers. But have, have the Badgers basketball, what, we get a four, five, six seed every year and lose in the second round every year? That's not pampered. That's a successful That's just fucking that, – No, that is jerking you off to about the point you're going to come, and then you don't come. That's – You've had a lot of experience. Or what? 
Yes. The closest I've ever come to a Wisconsin sports team, other than the Packers winning the Super Bowl in 2010, or 2011, but 2010 season, was the 2015 Final Four. Other than that, I haven't even been fucking jerked off to a team. Yes, we've made some NFC Championship games. The Bucks sniffed the finals last year, but got fucked in the four games. Last year's Bucks team had me so fucking hard, and then I just got blue-balled. Four never, straight games, we got dominated. I'll never, dominated. I'll never forget. I'll never forget Zamolik leaving the bar that we're at, and literally before the final buzzer even goes off, he looks at his girlfriend Megan and goes, "All right, let's go. Let's get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> and we're still scarred to that day. We've hit, we've seen two NLCS too, but well, and you think about it too with with the, with the Brewers. I mean, we've been we've been like legitimately like invested in the Brewers for okay, two thousand eight. We were what twelve years? I was twelve years old. You guys were what eleven? Yeah. And like it, it, you know, you the last three out of the four years we've been competitive, or two out of the last four, two out of the last three have been competitive. So it's all come in bunches for us with the Brewers. But back to the thing, what how, what does Giannis mean to you for being a Bucks fan and what he has done for the city of Milwaukee, Chuck? Well, he's done great things for the city of Milwaukee. So like I said, I've never seen an athlete more dedicated to a city in my lifetime than he is to Milwaukee. He is devoting his life to the city. He wants to raise his kids here. He's staying loyal to this girl that he met here. Like, I love that. I support him for that. I admire it. But other than that, like, I just keep wanting to argue your guys' points. I don't think we've been pampered as sports fans here. All right. Drewby, what do you think? Uh, quick correction. Quick correction on Chunk. Mariah Riddle Springer actually went to Rice and played volleyball there. So I don't know how he met her, but she wasn't from Milwaukee. Um, but no, man, he's uh, – I, I was like uh, I was like a lot of you. He, um, he got drafted, and I look at him, and, you know, he's up in the stands with uh, – um, his brother, it's a crazy story. Watch the documentary if you can find it. It's like a 21 minute video on YouTube. Find it, watch it. He, um, you know, he gets drafted. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Hopefully, it pans out. Plays in his first preseason game in Cleveland, scores 14 points. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's let's go. And then he's kind of like a you know, he makes a play here and there his rookie year. And then I don't know what it was for you guys, and I would love to hear your guys' like thoughts on this, but like my awe inspiring moment for him was like. It wasn't even when he made the All-Star game his first time. It was that playoff series against Toronto that we lost 4-2. It was how well he played and how determined he was in that playoff series. That was when I was like, holy shit, we have somebody that's going to be here for – or that's going to be our superstar. And then obviously, you know, the next couple of years, he just – he dominated. And then last year he won his first league MVP, and now this year he should win his second. And then, you know – Hopefully we get that first title this year. Like Eric said, I would love to have it in front of the home fans, but if it's not, so be it. Us boys are still going to celebrate. Um, Janice for life. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I remember that series. That, that was pretty much – that whole season was kind of coming out party to me, um, just watching him play and how dominant he was. But uh, I just figured out that I can be like Tony Reale here and just mute you guys when I want to. But – I muted Chunk there for a bit, but he wasn't talking. It was after he was talking. I was testing it out. So I started deducting points and stuff like Tony Raleigh and round the horn. But um, uh, first, our last thing, Drewby, uh, we posted a picture today of you with Jabari Parker, um, who currently has COVID. Does that mean you have COVID? 
Um, I don't know if it started that early. <laughs> that was a hell of a day, though, man. That was awesome. Skip class. Got to meet my favorite buck at that point. Um, and then went and bought the brand new Tukey at GameStop after. That was a hell of a day. Yeah. Jabari has COVID, and he's currently playing tennis without a mask on and stuff. I saw that. What is he doing? <laughs> okay. He, he's okay going to Orlando. He doesn't have to be. Just... He shouldn't be out and about. No. Right. It's a horrible look. It's a part. People shouldn't be bitching about the mask. People should be bitching the fact that he's out. Like, what are you doing? Well, it, it's like it, it's like your team is uh, your team is uh, you're literally going to Orlando. So what the hell are you doing? And you're like you're literally averaging 16 points a game this year. I forgot that he's on the Kings. I thought he was still on the Hawks. But he we got gotta... so much. All right, we got to move forward here. We're 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 uh, dragging this episode on. Uh, College sports, we talked about. Uh, I wanted another one of our little rankings here that we did last week. We did uh, top NFL quarterbacks currently. I want your guys' top five college quarterbacks of all time. Um, this could mean whatever it means to you. Most successful, uh, best playmaking ability, best player you've seen. Well, I'll go through mine first, and this is in my lifetime. Number one, I have Vince Young, just how dominant he was. For the time he was, he topped uh, Matt Leinert, who I have as an honorable mention. I don't have Matt, Matt Leinert at the top because he did have a very good team around him. Vince Young had a solid team around him, too, won a national championship. Uh, has that famous play that I remember uh, running part of the end zone against US, a very dominant USC team that everyone kind of wrote off Texas about. Number two, I have Deshaun Watson, who has a national championship. Uh, went back-to-back to, back to the national championship. Was very dominant at Clemson. It kind of just – Everyone, when he was coming out for that draft, I remember people saying, like, he's almost, like, too perfect. Like, when are we going to figure out what his mistakes are and what's going to happen? So that that kind of was that for that. Uh, number three, people are going to be surprised at this, but he's probably one of the most winningest quarterbacks of all time. Played about three years at Florida, Tim Tebow. I think he's one of the best college – you literally think of college quarterback position in your lifetime and Tim Tebow pops in your head. Like, he is one of the most dominant college quarterbacks, uh, most inspirational. Uh, Chunk always listens to his inspirations before he gets a nice lift in. Uh, number 30 four, minutes for the rest of our lives. 30 minutes. And then uh, I have number four, Joey Burrow. Uh, he had the best college season, I think, ever from a college football standpoint. Over 50 touchdowns. Pretty amazing. Won a national championship. That's got to be the best season of all time. You can't even disagree with that, Drewby. Uh, that's Joey Burrow. I wasn't expecting that, Kim. No, Joe Burrow. I, I think it's that. Joe Burrow, number four. That's I'm going off of one season, I know, but uh, that's one of the best college football performances. And number five, I have Cam Newton, or people call Scam Newton, just how dominant he was at Auburn, won a national championship, formed day in and out. They have RG3, as honorable mention along with Matt Leinert, and then Colt Brennan, who we talked about, went to Hawaii and broke a lot of records. I think he got in a bad car accident, though. But uh, And then uh, Graham Harrell, who we kind of touched on, too. But Drewby, who's your top five? I don't, I don't disagree with your, with your Joe Burrow pick. I just wasn't expecting you to go with the recency bias. 
all that much. Touchdowns, bro. You you can't you can't argue that. That was that was that was fun. That was fun. Um, <laughs> Chunk, you want to go first, actually, or you want to go before me? Uh, you're up if you want. If if you're not ready, I can go. No, I just had to comment on Cam's on Cam's Joe Burrow. No, go ahead, Drew. All right, I'd say I would say my number one and yeah, my number one. I would probably put Vince Young in there. I just I, I enjoyed watching him play, and like you're you're remembered for the plays that you make, and obviously, like Cam said, the corner end zone touchdown with USC. Um, number two, I would probably put uh, Johnny Manziel. He was just so electric at a and I just – and I'm, I'm such a – I'll admit, I'm such a Bama hater. I wanted him every year to just beat the shit out of Bama. And that one year that he went in Tuscaloosa and beat them, that was awesome. Uh, number three, I would probably have to say – probably Colt Brennan. And I'm saying that because – and I'm saying that because – did anybody else get really excited when a team like Hawaii like made it to a beat back before the system was, you know, or when it was rigged, when the when Hawaii made it to a BCS game? It was so fun to like see them in like a game like that and watch him try and like tear up like a, a powerhouse. Um number four, probably Case Keenum threw for a lot of yards at Houston. He did. He did. A lot of yards. Houston. Uh five Tebow. Tebow's like 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 Cam said. When you think of a college quarterback, you think of for the rest of our lives. You literally think of something like that, and that that's just so cringy for me. But I, I, I like watching. It gets you fired up. Um, honestly, number number six, I or my my honorable mention, like Cam said, RG three. That guy was electric, and Baylor was you know plays in the Big Twelve. It's it's high offense regardless. So that was a lot of fun to watch RG three. And then, uh, um, but yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, Chuck. All right, I uh, I also have a little bit of recency bias, uh, not being a college fan for that long. But my honorable mentions were uh, Kellen Moore, Boise State. I think he was electric for a couple of years there. Um, Cam Newton as well, and then Doug Flutie. Seen a lot of highlights of that fucker. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> but uh, coming in at number one, I have uh, Timothy Tebow. I Ooh. think uh, our generation, he's the most notable college quarterback of all time. Two national championships, a Heisman winner. He did it all for that team. Uh, number two, I have Vince Young, the famous touchdown in the corner, right corner of the end zone to beat the powerhouse USC. That was awesome. Uh, number three, I have Money Manziel. Too much money in my fucking hands. Love that guy. Love watching that fucker. Um, number four, you guys didn't even mention this guy, Lamar Jackson. One of the most electric seasons of all time, and then backed it up the next year with another Heisman caliber season. Now he's killed in the NFL. And then number five, the greatest college football season of all time, Joseph Burrow. That's my top five. That was I, think I, won. I like that. Jeez, we're not – it's com- not competition. We're just comparing contrasting. I don't think we – I can't argue with either of yours – um, list. There's no one on there that I don't see not fitting. Maybe Casey Case Keenum, and I know I had Colt Brennan as an honorable mention, but
but he just didn't have the um, opponents that like a lot of these other guys do against SEC schools and stuff. I did love Johnny Manziel. He was one of my favorite players. One of the reasons I wore two, and I do have a Texas A&M hat. Um, I thought he was the king of swag himself. And it was cool watching. I watched him and Baker Mayfield before they got big and they played. And I was like, these guys are fucking electric, like how they play and stuff. And then I remember them getting bigger, like as games were on the season. I remember Joe Burrow. I watched him play last year against like Mississippi State or someone. And I just remember them talking about how he used to play at Ohio State and then how he got was behind all those uh, quarterbacks there. But, uh, yeah, shit, good list, boys. I like that. Um, hopefully we can do more. We'll try to think of something for Thursday for you guys out there. But uh, next, we're kind of touching all sports here. Uh, MLB, there is rumors of a leaked opening day matchup, and it is the defending World Series champions, Washington Nationals, taking on the um, evil empire, the New York Yankees. Uh, most likely going to be Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer, which would be a hell of an opening day. Good job by the MLB for picking that. Um, two aces on the mound. Uh, Chunk, as a fellow MLB fan, what do does that get your mouth kind of watering for a baseball season after seeing that drop? It's it's exciting to see, but like, it doesn't get my mouth watering. We're not going to get there, but I think the viewers through 22 episodes know exactly what gets my mouth watering. I would enjoy hearing uh, the exact details. Uh, starts with the P, ends with the B. There's Pornhub between that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm I really am excited for this. I'm excited for baseball to get back. Being a big baseball player, um, not that I'm any good, but I think one matchup that would be a lot better than this would be Degrom versus Cole, Mets versus Yankees, New York versus New York. Granted, be down in Florida or Arizona, but you get a fiery Scherzer on the mound against a beardless Garrett Cole. This is awesome, and you get the World Series champions against the too much money in my fucking hand Yankees. It's going to be electric, and I hope the Nationals win the game. Scherzer's, Scherzer's eyes, he's gonna, you know he's just going to have them both just different colors and just ready to go. <laughs> I hope they come out like red and green this year, just a whole different Christmas style. Oh, my God. Christmas Scherzer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do like that. Uh, there, I've seen bets on – who people think the first Astro is to get hit. Um, who do you think – who do you guys think it's going to be? I see Bregman's the favorite at plus 300. Uh, Drewby, who do you think is that first Astro to get drilled? Was it was it Carlos Correa that was just a dick to the media? And I'll I think it's going to be Correa. It's definitely going to be Correa. Is he at the beginning of the lineup? I think he's your leadoff hitter. Three. He's your three hitter? Yeah. I thought Altuve it goes, was their, their lineup goes Springer, Altuve – Correa, no, it was Springer. I believe it's Gurriel. It was Springer. It was Springer who was a dick to the media. I'm sorry. Yeah, Springer was. Dude, I used to love – sorry, Kim. I used to love George Springer and Correa and all them, but, like, the way they acted through all this, like, it's proven. You you fucking cheated. Dude, like, they were – I just admit I, it. Exactly. I, they were they, – I, I loved watching them. I, I actively rooted for the Astros to win those <laughs> World Series, and now it's just like, all right, well, that was a waste of fucking four – or, you know – what collective hours of fanhood. So. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. I can't wait to see how they handle it. 
Um, I know when spring training was underway, they just took balls to the back and just kind of got going. Um, Chunk's taken a lot of balls to his back too in his day, but Milwaukee Brewers, uh, we're kind of kind of play a guessing game here of who we think that the Brewers will have as their first series. Um, my guess is NL. It's usually always seems like an NL Central opponent or NL West opponent, like the Padres or Rockies. That's what it always is. It's either like the Reds or Cubs or Cardinals or Padres, Rockies. I feel like there's never an NL East team that we face off. I feel like it's never really the Pirates, never really the Dodgers. Um, that's my guess. Chunk, who do you think that Brewers first opponent is? Yeah, I think you nailed it. It always seems to be, you know, I always picture Charlie Blackman being the first guy we play or uh, some random Padre who they're bringing up from the fucking AAA system. Or it's the Cardinals or Cubs. I think you nailed it. Or the Reds, too. One of those five teams, it seems, every year. But I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres with the first game for the Milwaukee Brewers this year. Ooh, I like it. Truby? Well, wasn't it supposed wasn't it supposed to be the Cubs this year? Before the Cubs? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I'm going to say we play the Reds. Cincinnati Reds. That was going to be my guess, the Reds, but – I'll stick with it. A boring ass series. I'll go Cubs. We should make a bet on this. Whoever gets it right, they get twenty bucks from the other two, each. And if nobody, nobody gets it right, it, it's a wash. I mean, you're in. Document this. Yeah, it'll be a boring ass series like the Reds. You can bet. You can bank on it. Nobody gives a shit about the Brewers anyways. I'll take, I'll take Cubs again. So. I don't think the Reds are boring. The Reds are supposed well, to be. Well, they, they improved in the off season, but. Yeah, yeah. they went swing. No pun intended. They went swinging for the fences in this off season. They did that. They did. But now we move on to our very popular segment, last segment of the show. A uh, little bit of everyday celebrity, as we have Drew Schrader filling in for his first time. Drew, are you a little nervous for this? Yeah, man. I really. Uh, I mean, I listen. Obviously, I listen to the podcast at work, and I kind of listen to this segment. I try to take not take notes, but I try to like take it in as much as I can. So um, this will be good. It's be fun. All right. Expand your yeah. create, expand your creative horizons here. Whatever you can think of, or wherever your mind wanders when you see these people, as who their true life form is. If they weren't an athlete, uh, to give you kind of a break, Drewby, we'll start out with Chunk on this first one, and then I'll go me, and then you. So then, first off, first things first, we have Los Angeles. Lakers guard Alex Caruso, former Texas A&M Aggie. Chunk? Yeah, shout out to his girlfriend. Man, she's hot. But uh, he's the guy that every night tries, like, a new recipe. He just finds something at the local grocery store, cooks the thing up, tries it, and it's not very good. <laughs> but uh, he's also that guy. he's also the guy at the party, though, that just forces beer bongs down your throat until you puke. So just like my I Matthew. couldn't think of shit. <laughs> Who, what? Just like my Matthew Stafford from a few episodes back. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I copied you. They That's probably hang out together. <laughs> uh, um. All right. Mine is that he he is an accountant that doesn't get along with his coworkers. So he he's very standoffish. Uh, they don't know whether 
to go with them or, with questions or not because they're sh- sure 99.9% of the time they're going to get a smart-ass remark from them about what to do on certain spreadsheets and things. And um, he just kind of c- comes off as a dick. They'll fill his coffee up but not refill the pot. Uh, people just get sick of him around the office, and it's just like, oh, fuck. They uh, have work happy hours, but no one makes sure to invite him because it's just like, fuck, Alex sucks. But Is that going to be you or Grant Thornton? Yes, yes, that's going to be me. <laughs> Drewy? He's definitely he's definitely the guy that's like he's definitely the guy that walks around campus and like everybody like knows who he is and everybody knows what he's about like he he he's like in the gym constantly like working out not like shooting but working out and everybody's just like heard bad things about him like he's just like just that's all he's known for is just working out but he has no basketball skill whatsoever. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. That's a good start, Drew. Good start. Good start. He's one for one. But uh, next we have Eric Spolstra. Uh, so I start this time, then Drewby, then Chunk. I have him as – think about this. You're just about to board your plane. You walk down the long walkway to your plane, and you get on there, and there's uh, flight attendants, and then there's Eric Spolstra as a pilot. Going, hope you enjoy the ride. We'll, we'll be sure to fly safe for you. That's Eric Spolstra. He's a pilot. He's a pilot. He's in the suit with that hat on, with that hat on, saying, hey, man, have a great flight. Yes, that's Eric Swolstra. We'll see you when you're onboarding. (laughs) He's one of of those guys that makes jokes about, like, the weather and stuff. He's like, welcome to Miami. It's only 32 degrees. And it's like, ha, just kidding. It's Miami, Florida. It's 90 degrees. On there, and then it's like, yeah, this guy's into it. But also, he's one of those guys that kind of does it all. And he's also a salsa instructor on the slide. Oh yeah, salsa. <laughs> Drewby, he's like Alonzo Ribeiro, just. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! For those of you that don't know, Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Do it, Drew. Do it, Drew. Do it. Do the Carlton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dance that is oh man no uh boys when i think of uh when i think of eric spolstra and i have a i have a uh um i like have like a like a general knowledge of this he's definitely the guy that would walk into a tanning booth and uh generally the people who work at the tanning booth are like supposed to sell stuff to you so he's the kind of guy that is willing to experiment with anything and everything he's the kind of guy that Oh hey Eric, how you doing? Like hey, good to see you again. You know, just like that kind of thing. You can sell any kind of tanning uh, products you want to that guy, and he's in for it. <laughs> That's a good one. Jesus Christ, Ruby, you're, you're two for two. <laughs> Holy shit! God, that guy's got some great looking skin. <laughs> Not a huge fan of his hair part though in the front. How old is he? Can't be more than forty-eight. Chunk. I was going to say, I think he has good hair from the age he is, but um, I have Eric Spolster as a porn addict. I uh, I think he, he's a, another guy that eats chicken nuggets and frozen vegetables for every meal. <laughs> and uh, he's super awkward with his kids. He'll put them down for a nap, and that's his fucking porn time. Wife's <laughs> at work. He's got to just do it. And then they wake up, and he's he's two jerk-offs in, and he's back to normal. 
<laughs> is this kind of forecasting what you're going to be like as a dad? Well, no. Because <laughs> hopefully I'll have a wife that'll, you know, pleasure my needs here and there, and it'll be good. Oh my Staff god! Yeah, we might have to cut out. Yeah. So <laughs> right. we got Drewy starting us off with Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones. When he throws that ponytail up in his hair, he strikes me as the guy that you walk out into the middle of the woods on a nice hike and he's repping some nice chacos out there with some <laughs> nice khaki pants on, sitting under a sitting on a blanket underneath the underneath the underneath the trees. <laughs> Come on and enjoy the nature. That's how he strikes me. When he has the ponytail up. When he's got dreads down, he's a straight fucking killer on the football field. I can love it, Drewy. Uh, yeah, as they say in Steinfeld, she's a two-face. <laughs> Chunk. Oh my God. What are chacos again? They're like that sandal. It's like it's like you're literally walking on the ground, but there's like straps over your feet. Oh, I picture Chaco tacos on his feet. <laughs> no, yeah, Chaco's is like a it's like an innovative kind of sandal kind of sort of thing. <laughs> sandal. I can't come close to that. All I could think of was that he's the guy in the locker room that like sack taps everybody and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I had for Aaron Jones. Jesus Christ. Uh, kind of similar to Drewy. Uh, he's, a, he's a relative of Mr. Tumnus. He's half man, half goat. He's a, got goat legs and a human body, and he's just running around, and you're just in the woods, kind of like Drewy said, and all of a sudden uh, there comes Aaron Jones and Mr. Tumnus, and they're there to kind of keep you away from the queen. And then they get frozen. And now I'm just displaying the plot to Narnia. But <laughs> that's Aaron Jones. Do you remember Mr. Tumnus's only kill in that Narnia scene? Who was it again? He just fucking charged that bull or whatever it was. He killed yeah. him. And then he goes, like, <laughs> <laughs> And the beaver. I've never seen Narnia, ever. And what does what uh, the beaver say about <laughs> Oh, fuck, I don't remember. Oh, Gil's got the kettle on. <laughs> oh, oh, Gil's got the kettle on. <laughs> when he sees that there's steam coming out of his house. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Chunk, you wanted this one, so you start off with it. Uh, Terrence Ross. You know, I, I wanted it, and I couldn't think of anything again. But he's the guy to me that just always raves about his past performances. You know, he's that 30-year-old in the gym that's always like, yeah, I dropped 26 on this team when I was 17 years old. Call that shit. Uh, has a weird Lego collection and gets his, kid, gets his kids this Lego set to set up and everything, but he sets it up before they even open the box. And uh, I think he has a gay lover. <laughs> Who is it on the team? I'll get to that in the next one. All right, all right. She just said, I'll tell you later. But now I, no, that's fucking good. Um, I have this is this is kind of similar to Chase's Adam Silver. Terrence Ross is a guy that just always would flip his eyelids open 
one of those guys that had flipped his eyelids and you're just like freaked out. You're like, whoa, what the? I always, that always gave me cringes in middle school and like elementary school seeing kids do that. Not sure why they did it, but apparently it's funny. And he'd also jump off of like high things for um, effect. I don't know, just to try to like prove things to people. He'd just jump off of like the roof of a house and you're like, Jesus, dude, like, why, why are you doing that? definitely tear an ACL that way or something but um that is Terrence Ross for me and Drewby what's your uh, Terrence Ross like I said it's it, it's all I can't even make an analysis on the guy it's corner threes against the Bucks. it's corner threes every fucking time and it wasn't even when he was at the Magic because now he's just garbage with the Magic but when he was at the Raptors and we wanted to beat those assholes for two straight years he would just kill us year in and year out because Jason Kidd said we were a young team, but that's beside the point. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, I've got – I start off with Stan Van Gundy. Gundy. But uh, he – he, he smells his fingers a lot after going down in the crotch area and stuff. Um, he's definitely one of those guys. He's also that creepy guy at the bar that hits on girls that are way younger than him. Um, we'll talk about how he's a coach or something. Um, just gets really touchy with them. A lot of hands on with on the back and everything. And he'll he'll buy girls drinks and they'll take it and he'll not realize that they're using him for his money and stuff. And then they'll leave. But uh, that's Stan Van Gundy for me. I didn't have a whole lot of him. Ruby just kind of strikes me as a uh, I, I just a standard fat NBA coach who just doesn't really know doesn't I mean he knows a lot about basketball but it's like he just he's got that voice you know that that high pitch voice and it's just like I don't I, I don't really understand a whole lot about him I feel like I understand more about his charisma than his basketball knowledge you know so that's Jeff Van that's Stan Van Gundy I think of him as Jeff Van Gundy's brother in all honesty you don't have him like he looks like anything. You just. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he'd take your order at five guys. <laughs> About it, though. <laughs> <laughs> and your parents, Ross and Stephen Gunny, was just like, you're analyzing them as like who they are. Chunko, <laughs> Stephen Gunny. Uh, Stephen Gunny is a black haired Carl from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh my god, my scapula! <laughs> but he wishes he was skinny as his brother Jeff, and uh, I have him as Dwight Howard's first victim. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> <Chunk>. <laughs> yeah, oh I went there. God. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of Dwight Howard slander on him. He he is a good coach, though. To 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 your statement there, Drew. I think he took that Magic team in the finals. Yes, Dwight Howard played at an unbelievable level. Yeah. But he took that Magic team in the finals and competed. Oh, he knows. No, he knows stuff about basketball. I just say yeah. Jeff Van Gundy. I think of more than Stan Van Gundy. But on a side note, can we just quickly not cover, but we'll go over that awkward ass interview when Stan Van Gundy was about to be fired and Dwight Howard put his arm around him. Remember that? Interview? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so awkward to shoot around. That was funny. Um, but yeah, that Magic team—that was before LeBron went on his run. That was um, 
They had like Jameer Nelson and JJ Redick. Yeah, uh, was a six man for that team. Rashard Lewis. Yeah, I remember that team. Oh, Rashard. Hito Turkaloo. Yes. Next up, we got Washington Capitals forward. First hockey guy, I think we've done. Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, Drewby, you started us off with this one. I got one simple thing. He strikes me as the only guy in the entire professional sports league that wears an actual 1970s jock strap. Yes. <laughs> I'll bet he, uh, the thing is, and the thing is, if his cock comes out of that, he doesn't even, he just embraces it. That's, that's good, Drew. You're on. You're on. You're on the green with that one. Trunk, we always do this. You know you're up after them. Sorry, I always wait for the, the trunk. You're up. But, uh, <laughs> I always do this. I have the, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm still a rookie. 22 episodes and I'm still a rookie. He is still partying for that 2018 championship. Um, he tries any way possible to have sex with his wife every night. And then every night he watches or not every night, but whenever the Goonies is on, he watches it with his kids. And every time Chunk's sitting at that fence, he fucking does the truffle shuffle to his fucking kids. He's just fucking doing it. <laughs> so he's doing it. He gets up there and does it. I can't believe I just saw that. Oh, man, that's gold. Oh my God! <laughs> For those of you listening, Chunk just did the truffle shuffle live on television or on podcast. Uh, there Somebody is a clip of duties. <laughs> oh man! Hey, you guys, that's amazing. But, <laughs> baby, Ruth. <laughs> I have him as the guy on the team that loves giving himself concussions. He'll just bash his head in the wall. And then um, when he's at the bar, he doesn't care about girls. He just loves slamming drinks and getting all his friends fucked up. And then once he is fucked up, he'll jump through, like, tables and stuff. And he's always kicked out right away. And you're like, oh, there he goes. And then you bring him to another bar, and then he slaps the owner on the back. And he, then he gets kicked out again. And then he gets pulled out of a bar. Shout out to Joel J. Waiter! Waiter! <laughs> That's Alexander Ovechkin for me. But Chunk uh, execute that shuffle truck. Drewby, good everyday celebrity. I was kind of nervous while running it with you, Drewby, but you did a pretty good job. I say you hit on four out of your six. So that's pretty good. That's eight. It's um, 80%. 66. 66.7. Probably better than my pre quarantine Bucks record or Bucks amount of games played the last time I was on here. Yeah, also true. better than your high school grade point average. Oh, uh, um, did he have a better yeah. one than you? I openly admitted on this podcast I was a solid two point four. Chunk, what was yours? Two point three. Oh, beautiful. Chunk, I might have been two point three. I might have been. You had, you had a better one than me. It's besides the point. It happens. Never. Um, thing that you'll learn about Drewby and Chunk is that there's going to be a lot of fighting between them and a lot of sex. So that's the relationship. Uh, next Thursday, we have an episode. Episode 23 will drop. Um, I wonder if we all got number 23 jerseys. We should wear that if we do. And then we will have a draft on there. So, Drewby, you get to participate in a draft 
and I'm thinking it's going to be 4th of July theme related. So start thinking about your favorite 4th of July activities before the 4th of July weekend. Um, I am sorry we have to postpone this again, but our t-shirts and everything and our website will have to be done next week because Chase is on this week-long vacation that he mentioned just before we started airing. So um, we'll get those out there. I know people have been asking about that and everything. And again, profits will go back towards the podcast to make your guys' days better. But once again, thank you for listening to the Bates Employees podcast and have a great afternoon. is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air I begged and pleaded with her day after day but she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket I put my walkman on and said I might as well kick it First class, yo, this is bad Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass Is this what the people of Bel-Air living like? Hmm, this might be alright But wait, I hear the prissy bourgeois and all that Is this the type of place that they just send this cool cat? I don't think so, I see when I get there I hope they're prepared for the Prince of Bel-Air The plane landed and when I came out There was a dude look like a cop standing there with my name out I ain't trying to get arrested yet, I just got here I sprang with the quickness like lightning disappeared I whistled for a cab and when it came near The license plate said fresh and it had dice in the mirror If anything, I could say that this cab was rare But I thought, man, forget it, yo, home's the Bel Air I pulled up to the house about seven or eight And I yelled to the cabbie, yo home, smell you later Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there To sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel-Air